Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will continue in the book of Mark with chapter 5, verses 21 through the end of the chapter. After demonstrating his power over the demonic world by casting out the legion of demons from the man across the sea, Jesus and the disciples were sent away by the citizens there and crossed the sea by boat again, and again the crowds gathered quickly around him. Jesus had proven his divine power by healing and casting out demons, but most of the Jewish religious leaders had rejected him, blasphemed, and had started to plot to kill him. But on this day, Jesus encountered Jairus, a local religious official of the synagogue who saw Jesus differently and begged Jesus for help only Jesus could offer. By the end of the day, faith brings more miracles, and Jesus ups the ante by demonstrating his divine power over death itself. Here is today's portion of the message entitled, Power Over Life and Death. She was doing what any human being ought to do in the presence of perfect holiness, fearing and trembling, because she knew that by the letter of the law, She was ceremonially unclean. And if she hadn't been able to get to Jesus, if she had first been intercepted by any of the Pharisees, they would have immediately condemned her, shamed her, and sent her away. But she gets to Jesus and she's healed. She did the right thing. In fear and trembling, she fell down before Jesus. Same thing that Jairus did. People don't come and slap Jesus on the back and say, Hey, buddy, how you doing today? True believers fall before Him in worship. And it says, she poured out her heart. She told Him the whole truth, which is what confession always ought to be. Oh, and by the way, there was a giant crowd standing there hearing the whole thing. Now Jairus came and he feared for his little daughter. And we know that in due time, Jesus is going to do something spectacular for that little girl. But along the way, Jesus allows himself to be interrupted for this divine appointment arranged by his father in order to take care of the one that he here calls daughter, daughter in the faith. She had suffered for as long as Jairus' daughter had been alive. The little daughter, the spiritual daughter, 12 years suffering, 12 years old. And now Jesus says to her these amazing words. Your faith has made you well. Mark that phrase, made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Jesus mentions the woman's faith, which she had showed by coming to him. It was by faith that she sought him out, by faith that she touched his garments, by faith that she poured out her heart to him. And She believed that he had the power to help her. But the form of the Greek verb that's translated, has made you well, can also be rendered, has made you whole. And perhaps part of the emphasis of that is that that means that her healing was in whole. It was was total. It It was complete. But 
I think there's more to it than that. The, <laughs> the same word that is translated uh, made you well or made you whole is often translated save, as in your faith has saved you. That is the, new, the normal New Testament word for saving someone from sin. And that strongly suggests that this, this woman's faith was not just, I can get well, it was that she was saved, that she came in genuine saving faith and it led to her spiritual salvation. So do you see how Jesus says two things side by side? He said, your faith has saved you and be healed of your affliction. Now, he had already healed her in that instant, but he's, he's promising her now, go away fully healed. You're okay now. Now, those two things don't necessarily go together. Jesus healed countless thousands, and several believed. Being healed does not bring a person to heaven. Having faith that Christ is the one and only Savior is what brings a person to heaven. Now, do you notice also that Jesus was always accessible to people with genuine needs who came in genuine faith. Now, if, if somebody came to me and asked me to come and I had reason to believe that I might be able to save a life that is hanging in the balance, I would have been hurrying as fast as I could. And it does imply that they were on their way there. But we likely would have brushed aside everything on our way to try to save that dying little girl. But Jesus didn't do that. As a matter of fact, He went out of His way to stop and care for this woman. Now, somebody has said He was fully interruptible. That's a wonderful thing about our Savior. I think there's a principle in that. Serving the Lord is never a matter of convenience. If you're going to serve Christ when it's convenient for you, you may never hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, because the faithful one is the one who does it faithfully, sees it through to, uh, to the end. Serving the Lord is a matter of responding to needs and opportunities and what might feel to us like an interruption is sometimes a divine appointment. Now, we're not going to raise the dead. can't just heal somebody by bumping into them and they touch the edge of our jacket. But we can serve the Lord. Now, look how the story continues to develop. Jesus shows power over life and death because Jairus comes and says, My daughter is dying. He turns to the woman and says, Who touched me? And now, here comes the grand finale. Little girl, get up. Look at this with me. Starting at Mark 5.35. While he was still speaking. In other words, Jesus is still speaking to the woman. Their whole conversation isn't recorded there. We don't know how long he spent with her. But while he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Now, there may have even been a hint of the party line of the Pharisees in that. Like, uh, Jairus, she's dead. Don't, don't blow it by spending any more time with Jesus. 
I'm not sure they were looking to spare Jesus from um, coming to the house. Now again, try to picture this in your mind. There's a, a crush of people around Jesus on His way to see Jairus' deathly ill, precious daughter. He stops and He shows amazing compassion to the woman who had put everything on the line to come and see Him. I can imagine Jairus' frustration with the crowd in the first place, making it impossible to move quickly toward his house. I mean, they couldn't run there. It wasn't a long distance from the shoreline at Capernaum to where this man's house would have been. But first of all, it would have been frustrated how long it must have been taking. And then, what must he have thought when Jesus in what appears to be a random act to him, stops in the middle of the trek to his house and says, who touched me? And then he has this conversation with this woman. Oh, the desperation he must have felt. And then comes word, your daughter has died. While Jesus is saying those words to the woman, including that, Her soul is saved in addition to her body being healed. Here comes the word, the daughter died. Now, there's an interesting thing in the record of this day and this incident. It's in Matthew and Mark and Luke, and and a couple of interesting things show up there. This is one of the few occasions where it's Mark who has the fullest record of it. Usually that's Matthew or Luke, and Mark is almost always the shortest version of any of these events. But the other interesting thing is that in Matthew's gospel, the record of this event starts here when word came that the daughter had died. Matthew doesn't mention that Jairus had already come to Jesus and that they were already on their way there. As a matter of fact, it begins in Matthew 9.18 this way when he comes to Jesus and he says, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So you see from that that Jairus' faith must have been a lot deeper than just enough to make a desperate plea in a last-ditch effort to save his precious daughter. He seems to have grasped the fact that Jesus had power over death. So, here we reconnect again. Mark 5, verse 36. But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, He's still talking to the woman, just finishing up that conversation. He overhears them say, your daughter has died. Don't, don't trouble the teacher anymore. And he said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. Now, Jairus had certainly been afraid. He was afraid that his daughter would die. He was afraid that his daughter would die before he could get Jesus there. That's only natural. But he also had enough faith to seek out Jesus. And now that his worst earthly fear is realized, his his daughter has died, he only has his faith left to connect him to the Lord. Now, we're not told any more about the scene along the way to the home of Jairus. It does appear that it all took place in the town of Capernaum. So we know it couldn't have been far. Come with me there in November. I'll show you. We can actually see the ruins of this 
of this place. It's a rather spectacular example. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.